I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi family, welcome to Live Your Best Life. This is Liz Wright. Uh, This show is all about us living powerfully and strong as in the new creation reality as the bride of the living God, right? A new creation in Christ Jesus. We're no longer human beings. We are a new creation with the very substance of God being the center of who we are now, right? Christ in us, the hope of glory, is the power that we can live from now as we live sitting down on the inside, aware of his presence, allowing him to continually bathe us with the beauty of who he is and that being the way that every single one of our needs is met. This is the privileged life we get to live now. He is our source of strength of everything that we need in every given situation. So that said, I want to introduce my guest today who lives this and has lived this for a long time. I've had the privilege of knowing my dear friend who I'm about to introduce for over 20 years and I know that he is the real deal. He is the real deal. He's an international prophet. He is literally a mentor to millions in the ways of the prophetic. He works behind the scenes, empowering leaders all over the world. He is an extraordinary husband and father and friend and brother. He's, um, without further ado, welcome to the show, Sean Bowles. Thank you. My favorite person, apart from my husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've probably offended loads of people now, but anyway, <laughs> we so honor and respect and enjoy. So long, your husband understands. He's your <laughs> <laughs> He knows I'm besotted with him. So, so Sean, please, what, what was really burning in my spirit today was to ask you to talk to us as the family of God, to everybody around the nations who's listening to this at this time, about the power of the prophetic. You're the best person on the planet to talk to us about this. Can you mentor us in the power of the prophetic, why it's so important to, to be a prophetic people? in this hour. It's who we are, right? We get the privilege of sharing God's heart. So can you speak into that for us? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's so important right now to understand that we have to hear from God in a way we never have had to before. Mm -hmm. And not just to have prophets, but the average person. And I think of Martin Luther, um, you know, who went to, you know, Wittenberg door and he nails his thesis on the door. And it says, we have to be justified by our own faith and have our own priesthood. We're justified by our own priesthood. And that's when Protestantism formed. And I love the Catholic Church still, but that's when Protestantism, where we don't have a mediator, it's Jesus is our mediator. And so we have our own relationship with God, but we didn't take that further until now, which is each one of us is supposed to hear from God for ourselves and also hear from God what he's doing in our generation, not just focus on what we can discern or what the enemy's doing or what man's not doing. And so we're in a season where our life depends on our ability to connect with God out of intimacy relationship with him. I think most people who hear this, a lot of people are saying, I feel like I've heard from God sometimes, but my wife's the prophetic one, or this person's the one, or my aunt heard from God one time, and it's just not enough anymore. Those are excuses. We have to take all those excuses out, because when God formed us, he formed us for intimate communion. When Jesus restored us, before he restored us, I love the book of John, because in John 10, and I said this in our another episode we did together, you know, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. John 14, 15, and 16, he promises the Holy Spirit. 
And then we have 1 Corinthians 14, 1 even, where it says, go after love like your life depends on it and eagerly desire that you can prophesy. And he doesn't say this to prophets. He's saying this to the whole Corinthian church who's the cool church. They're like the, the Bethel Hill song, whoever of their generation. And he looks like, hey, you guys aren't the only ones who are supernatural. Everyone is. And you guys have to go after love because that's what grounds spiritual gifting. But all those spiritual gifts are important, especially that you prophesy. And I know in the 1980s, I took a spiritual gifts test and I had like the gift of helps. It was the worst. You know, like <laughs> that's all I had. <laughs> you know, I and then the support one. So we've had this mentality that we don't have this full tool belt, that we only get limited versions of it and that we're not very empowered versus what God, Jesus said himself, which was, I've come to give you life and life abundantly and then prophesize what that life looks like. There's a, the way, same way it speaks of the Father. It goes in John 17. He prays to the Father and says, can they be one and have the same operation as we're one? Oh, that's powerful, Sean. Right. He he's our prototype. And he's in the garden and he's praying and going, God, can you take this cup from me? And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12, we don't know if it's a man or a woman or who wrote the book of Hebrews, but we know in Hebrews 12 verse 2, for the joy set before me endured the cross. So something happened in the garden where he saw what John saw in Revelation 19. He saw his bride. He saw his inheritance. She became the joy set before him. So he sees prophetically into the future, our future, sees how worthy we are in our redeemed form of what the Father originally intended, realizes if he goes to the cross that he can restore us to God's original design, says yes, considers it a joy, I mean, he's, he's bleeding, and then he considers it a joy, goes to the cross, breathes on the, holy, uh, on the disciples right after he resurrects. He breathes on them. And then Acts chapter 2, the first thing that happens in Acts chapter 2 is they get the, the tongues of fire come down on them, and they begin to prophesy, not speak in tongues. They begin to prophesy in other languages. Tongues is part of it, but they begin to prophesy in other languages, and they're giving everybody who's standing there the, the message of who Jesus is in fullness in their own language. And they said, surely these men have been with God because they're speaking in my, in my language. And the church grows by substantial amounts that day. And this is one of the, the, the perpetual components of true revival as God speaks to his people, not just person, to his people, and we start to see transformation of culture. And God speaks the language of the cultures that are available and around. And that's what we're going to see is that we have to hear from God because we can't translate God to the culture around us if we don't hear the way he hears it. We need his tongue of fire to come for the entertainment industry, to come for what's happening in human trafficking, to come for government. We can't speak that language. We don't know it. We're not wise enough. But when God comes on us, we begin to prophesy in a language we don't fully understand out of his spirit. And we begin to show people where God is, where they're at. And they start to say, surely God's real. That's what 1 Corinthians 14, the second part of it says, is that, you know, praying in tongues is great, but if you speak to a man the secrets of his heart through prophecy, surely he will know that God is with him. And this is what God wants us to do, is to learn how to share messages, but also to carry his heart. So not just to be a mail carrier, but to actually know what's in his heart. So when someone comes to us and says, what do you think is happening with like this Kanye thing, this Kanye West thing, or somebody comes up and says, what do you think about Brexit? And what do you think God thinks? We're not like, oh, the five opinions we've read that are spiritual people. Right, right. rooted inside of us is, I have hope and God's future over nations and people. And I'm going to speak from that rooted place of hope that I don't need a prophet to show up, that the prophet Jesus lives in me. And through intimate communion with him, I start to have thoughts that are not my thoughts. Wow, Sean. I mean, just what you've shared. I mean, family out there, that's a transformational key. Just to be mindful of the fact that it's Christ inside of us. It's Jesus speaking. And if we can just tune 
our sensitivity back in, like, like just yeah. settle down on the inside and begin to listen. I remember when, when you were in England and Wes and I had lunch with you and yeah. we were talking and sharing and you were talking about becoming more aware than you ever have um, before of the God consciousness. Yeah. You, you know, you were more finely in tune with the reality of the oneness that we now have with God. And you were speaking more consistently from that place. You, you'd stop going in and out. You were literally living all the time in God consciousness. And I could see it in you. Yeah. I could see that difference. Well, I used to wait for encounters all the time. I was waiting for the vision to happen. And I didn't realize that like part of the thing that we're, we are as Christians is that we have the supernatural God who can't occupy time and space because he's too big. But he made us his temple. And he's filled us with a spirit. And so most of us want an external voice that's a very disruptive voice to say, walk to the left, you know, or do something like this. And we're waiting for directions because we want to do something for God. But he, Jesus even said, I want you to do something with me, not just for me. Uh, Matthew 18, 18, he says, uh, he says I, I couldn't speak to you directly because you're too dull. So I had to speak to you in ways that created a receptive insight in your spirit. And we know how to hear from God from within, most Christians, I mean, even, even people who say they're not charismatic, because there's times you go to bed at night and all of a sudden you think, I shouldn't have treated my mom that way. Or I was, I was mean to that customer service person. I went in my way. And the Holy Spirit brings conviction on us, which we're not smart enough or self-aware enough to do that. That's Holy Spirit within us bring conviction. Or sometimes we're at church and we feel like we're supposed to give money to the poor. We're supposed to be a volunteer for children's ministry. We don't really want to do children's ministry right now, but we're supposed to sacrifice time. We know that's the Holy Spirit. Even at a Baptist church, they can relate to that. But when it comes to that same voice who wants to come and bring transformation through you to society, that same voice that we're hearing a low level, he's saying, believe and trust and press into me more for your career, press into me more for your family. And he lit, he, I mean, he proves that he's the El Shaddai and Elohim, that he's a God within us because he speaks primarily 99% of Christians hear God the majority of time through impressions, not through open visions, not through trances, not through external voices, but be from Christ within. Yes. That's because of the hope of glory. He's, he's gently nudging us. And even says that in 1 Corinthians 2, that the Holy Spirit's gently nudging us so we can know what no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And uh, we, we want to be those people who believe in a God that lives in us. But when it comes to actually saying, oh, I hear from God or I don't hear from God, most of us say we don't. And the reality is, like, I never wanted to be the poster boy for this. I never wanted to start an online platform and mentor people as a primary thing and the prophetic. But I know that this generation, that we're supposed to be a prophetic generation. It was really interesting because I'll, I'll just kind of go backwards or go forwards and I'll let you sure, ask a question. Sure, sure, no, go for it. It's really weighty. I, I, I ended up, when I released my Transiting God book, which is one of the first books in the prophetic to train people. Yeah. Um, a niche, it's a niche market and a, a book like that has never gone mainstream except for maybe Jack Deere's book, Surprised by the Voice of God. And he was a Dallas Theological Seminary guy. And, and so the world, a book like that had sold maybe 60,000 copies worldwide, was considered a bestseller. He might have sold more than that, but that's what my publisher said. Well, our book, Translating God, came out. It's all about hearing God's voice for yourself and the world around you. And we sold 140,000 copies in just one year. And wow. that's a mainstream book. That shows that's the hunger. Book. Yeah, it's a, that's not just a Christian bestseller, it's a mainstream bestseller. And so we were like, what's ta we're still number seven to 12,000 books of all books sold every day on Amazon type thing. And sometimes we're in the number one categories, depending on the day and the week, uh, three or four categories. And it's, it's been a bestseller for a long time. We've sold, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies of that book. And it's because people are saying, wait, I'm supernatural, but I don't know how to be. 
but the secular society and the regular society then it's the world waking up isn't it the world, the world saying we need to know how to respond and they're yeah. hearing a pathetic response and i'm not telling them listen to me be, to be your prophet i'm saying you yeah. are your own best personal prophet yeah, you're, you're empowering them to be themselves you're your own priesthood it's like why agabus goes to paul and says hey don't go to rome this way if you go to rome you're going to be put into prison this whole thing's going to happen and paul looks at agabus and the believers who came with them who's a real prophet and he said i actually have to hear what i have to obey what i'm hearing god's sending me to rome for those people so i love you but and he was never called a false prophet even though he prophesied something but this was an object lesson where the lord was showing paul was justified by his own faith maybe it's heaven at this point because he has his own relationship with god god's not gonna say why didn't you listen to agabus he's gonna say well, why didn't you listen to me yeah and we're in a new time where we understand that as a generation because we have a generation who wants free will more than any other generation yeah. and we don't want to just follow our pastor's vision we want to have a vision and pastors and apostles and prophets and these fivefold ministry leaders are realizing their calling is to actually be the foundation, not the roof. Their calling is to actually come stand on my faith, hear my stories as a testimony so you can go higher and deeper. Don't die to your vision to come serve me. Actually, you're supposed to have a more powerful vision, possibly than even me. You're gonna have a better impact than even I am. So let me lay down so you can stand on me and actually be lifted up by my life. And it's such, it's an upside down model that the church and the world hasn't had. But when you have the prophetic, it brings a true conviction of sin where pastors and leaders and people who have ego, it just dies. People who have, I mean, you bring me into your church, if you're embezzling money or having an affair, your church is going to fall apart as soon as it come in. Yeah. Because it just gets, I don't say anything. It just gets exposed within a week. You know, like whatever people, whatever people are doing wrong, when you bring the prophetic in, it's like a line of demarcation. But when you allow people to hear from God for themselves and you tell them that this is your right and your responsibility, it creates such an empowerment where everyone takes their, their life and builds the kingdom in the full way. Because Ephesians 3.20 says, God wants to do exceedingly beyond what you can hope for or imagine your wildest dreams. Well, how do we see that? What God wants to do then? We have to dream with God which means we have access to dream with God. He's giving us a mind internally. He wants us to imagine what he can do through our life. And the prophetic is the tool for that. Yeah, it absolutely is, Sean. You know, the Lord's been having me, um, when you're reading, like you were mentioning, like the, the scriptures there in Ephesians, yeah. he's been having me read the apostolic prayers as a declaration of the intention of his heart. To, re um, to remember, like when you look at the original language, Paul wasn't petitioning out of a kind heart, begging God to do something awesome for the Ephesians or the Colossians or whoever he was praying for, for the body of Christ at large. He was yeah. releasing the intention and the promises of God. It's so powerful. It was a commissioning out. Pardon? He was commissioning them. It was like a he was commissioning them. He was commissioning them. Absolutely. And again, you know, like, it was when you were speaking, then I was just so mindful of the fact that Jesus is the firstborn among us. He's the prototype of new creation life, right? Yeah. What we okay. see in the life of Jesus, we can step into now. That's our invitation because it's just, it's Jesus inside of us. He's going to live His life through us. That you say, yeah. and His desire is that we would know His heart and speak from His heart. I love that. The prophetic isn't going to give you 20 steps to enlightenment. It's good. Well, unless that's from Jesus's heart. It's actually a revelation of who he is. Right. And that's, that's the thing is that the goal has to be reset. Like a lot of people come to me because I'm, I'm internationally now. Like I get recognized in bookstores and coffee shops and wherever, almost everywhere I go out now. It's like a dealist celebrity. I have no perks of it, but I just get recognized. But people don't come up to me to go, oh, I like you so much. They come up to me and they go, can you tell me what's going to happen in my finances? Can you tell me where my missing child is? Can you tell? So they're not, they're coming up to me almost like you would go and petition a psychic. 
But the reality is what we're training people is God has an agenda. And the more you get to know him and surrender your will, and of course, pray without ceasing and bring everything that you're concerned about to God, not necessarily to each other, unless you know each other and you're caring each other, but bring everything to God and let him speak. The majority of people who come to me for a direct word, I don't get a direct word. I get an indirect word for them. The people who I'm called to and assigned to go to with a direct word, it usually does meet the concern of their heart. But God has this thing where he wants us, he's so jealous for that place as a father and as a connector of our heart that a lot of times he'll resist us getting the revelation from someone else that he wants to give us himself. So some of us have been on hold from actually hearing from God through someone else for a long time because he's like, I'm so jealous for that place, a father in your heart that I've not released a spiritual father to you that would meet that desire because I want you to get it in me. So some of us, we're like literally, we're not delayed. We could actually have that place met, that hunger met today, if we would just apply it to the right food. And I think of, you know, all the stuff that we're doing right now, I think of John 17, like Jesus actually asking for us to be in him. I mean, it's like, that's a mystical, glorious statement he's asking for. And I just, I apply it to my own life daily and I go, okay, God, Instead of praying, Father God, I pray, Father God, you would, Father God, all, you know, and all these things. I literally, I do some prayer and declaration stuff, but I, I literally sit, I spend the meatiness of my best energy with him. I say, here I am, God. What's up? Let's have a conversation. And I ask him questions. If, it, if nothing happens, I'll ask him questions. And I'll let those questions lead the conversation. And sometimes he doesn't answer in that moment. But because I've been aware of him and I've set aside time for his presence, that I can recognize his voice coming throughout the day or throughout the week. And all of a sudden I can see an answer. And I just feel like many of us, we're not praying with the right model. We're praying with the model that says, do something for me, God, versus here I am to do something with you, God. Right. So it's task focused instead of just relationship where we literally enjoy him. Are you hearing this family? This is just, it's, this is life changing for people, Sean. Well, and if you go after the prophetic transactionally, you're going to get a little bit of your need met. But if you go after it because you want to know him and a lot of us are going to God with the wrong questions, we're going just to get transactional needs met versus saying, who are you? Because who you are actually affects everything, not just that need everything and the more we know him the more we can express him yeah so powerful but can you can you just share a little bit more about the secret life of sean and jesus <laughs> that's all right <laughs> that's you to do that. and this, this can help a lot of people when i was really learning how i heard from god not the prophecy but when i was really learning how to how i connected to god not just to hear him for something look back and look at the wins I had in life, like the best moments in life. And how did I get there? Cause he's always in those moments. So how did I get led into when I met Sheree and I, we actually fell in love? How did I get brought into some of the opportunities where I knew as a writer? Cause a lot of people don't know what they're supposed to do. How did I know as a writer? How did I know as a voice? And I reverse engineered the goodness of God in my life. And I began to see where he was and how he showed up in the good times when he saved me from bad opportunities or when he showed me good people to connect to or some of my friends, I feel like, like you, I feel like you're the friendship lottery. I'd won you from God because there's no way I could have ever met you except that God put you in my life. And I feel like, um, so to reverse engineer, how did Liz come? How do, how did friends come? And you start to see how God has moved in your life and it builds that anticipation, expectation, your own testimony builds expectation for how he can move. Because a lot of times they happen to us. It doesn't, it's not proactive. So we've reacted and we've used reactionary journey for uh, energy for how God has moved in our life. But if we can just say, okay, God, wait a minute, I'm going to look through my life and see where you're at. We can see how the prophetically 
you know, how he prophetically moved in our life and how he brought us to places of providence and destiny, then we can be proactive in praying for the future and say, okay, God. So a lot of what I'm doing right now um, in my own relationship with God, I've been studying, I've done a couple of things. One is um, creative writing and creatively writing to him. And some of it's like um, just my own heart and those kinds of things. And I'll start there because if you get into a flow state, and a lot of artists understand this, mm-hmm. if you get into a flow state, then you can, you can uh, pull over into revelation really fast. And into connection to him really fast. Some people do it by gardening. Some people do it by, you know, music, whatever. But I get into a flow state when I'm writing. And so I get into a flow state and then I'll disengage from what I'm doing and just press right into him. So when I want to give my best energy, I'm trying to get it out of my head and get into a place of connection and spirit. So um, I think that's really important. But the other thing that I do is I, I take um, scriptures that are really important right now and I do a declaration or I declare them, like the apostolic prayers, I'll do a declaration, then I'll think and imagine with them how that applies to my life, and then I'll wait. And I'll be real quiet in a good way. Like I quiet my mind where I'm like, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to go here, I'm going to do this. And I I circle back on Jesus. And honestly, I just say Jesus. Like my mind is like, oh, what are you going to eat for lunch? And I come back to Jesus. And I've made radical life-altering decisions over the last couple of years I've never made in my whole life because I feel so connected to him over my health. Like Tree and I really want to live a long, healthy life yeah. and we're committed to it. So we've become vegetarians. I've never thought in a million years of being a vegetarian. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. And I never thought I'd become a vegetarian, but it's part of just God showing us and giving us a different appetite. Like I don't have an appetite for me. And we live in Kansas City. You were there. Right. I want to barbecue every day. You know, like I, I just, I wanted me. And so like there's things that he's, recondition my nature saying, okay, you, you're taking on my long life promise, but I need you to partner in some areas for that to happen. So I need you to partner into what you're putting in your body and what you're eating. And I was never able to do that out of self-control before. And always had about 20 extra pounds to 30 extra pounds on me. So I've been, and, and, and this last season, I had like 45 extra pounds. So I'm still like 15 pounds away from my goal. But I mean, like just changing my life, but it's not because I've made, oh, I've just had a stronger will now because I've spent time with God. But I feel in Instructed, rewired, and reconditioned as I wait with them. Like, okay, what does that mean? Because I can't make that decision out of my own will just based on like I want to eat better food. Like, show me the depth of your love for this lifetime that you've given me, to, so that I can live long for my grandkids to be born. I yeah. started late. I need to be around for a while. Yeah. And so you know, it's just one of those things where um, I think that intimacy with God. We hear that word over and over, but we apply it as like this fluffy thing of like, I'm the bride of Christ and ah, you know, it's all poetry. For me, it's very practical. For me, I need to look at practical things, not transactionally, but like, what do you think about this life you gave me, God? Like sit down with a journal open and just write down some things, write down some scriptures, write down, don't be embarrassed by what you don't know. Like I've written down some scriptures going, I know this should mean something to me in my life right now. I feel completely blocked from it. Right, so right. why am I blocked? Why, what, what is a block? And a season ago, a lot of the faith scriptures were blocked because I was having a hard time partnering my faith to God for a lot of things in my own life. So I was having a hard time in my ministry partnering my faith to God because he would say, hey, step out in this. And I'd step out this much instead of this much because in my own life, I wasn't partnering my faith for some of the greater things he was asking me to do. So I was like reading scriptures going, okay, there's a faith block. And that helped me to engineer where I needed to actually get some healing in my heart from being traumatized by things I was bleeding for that didn't happen the way that I thought they were going to happen. And I felt misled by God in some ways. And I had to actually go to a real heart place. And uh, during, during I got therapy about five or seven years ago, five, seven years ago to five years ago, we got therapy for two years. Um, her dad had just died and a bunch of stuff had happened. And when we got therapy, 
it was very natural. It was just a very internal, natural process. But I could see where disappointment had come in and, and touched my faith realm. And so when I was reading the scriptures of faith, I'm like, they're not having the power they should. And it's the moment the scripture, the words not having the power it should, that you know it should, that it's having for your friends, it's having for other people, the people you're running with, you go, okay, I could stop here and actually deal with this with God. Or I can just run past this and go, part of me is not going to be activated like everyone else. And I've just chosen to go backwards and say, I'm going to stop and I'm going to press to these areas. I'm going to say, God, I'm going to be really honest. I don't know how to partner my faith right now. And he was such a good father. He just led me through a process and said, you know, I'm, I'm a person of great faith, but the fact that I was disappointed for greater things because of some of the things I believed in was huge. And I had to, I had to deal with that before this season yeah. or else I would have never entered into everything we're doing right now. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Sean. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and real. You know, I'm sure it's giving many of the family out there permission to to come into that very authentic place with God and actually take responsibility and keep growing through the pain, yeah. you know, and just paying attention to where you really don't believe and you are challenged in certain areas in your life because he's going to breathe new grace through us, isn't he, when we bring our hearts. Sean, I'm going to have to close this episode and I don't want to. <laughs> Can we do some more, please? It's <laughs> a, a great way to end, you know, like leave people hungry. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in closing, I want I would love for you to pray for the family out there that's listening and watching. Um, yeah. And I wanted to just encourage everybody as well. If, if people need nourishment right now, mentoring in the prophetic, your ministry is full of resources that are going to transform people's lives. So family out there, go on to, is it bowlsministry.com? Bowlsministry.com. We have five videos a week that you can subscribe to our mentoring platform. And you're going to get training and mentoring and questions and answers. And we have online coaching and dream interpretation. We're going to process your prophetic journey with you because we have to hear from God right now. Yeah, we're in this together, right? I love it. I love it. Wisest choice that you can make, family, right now. Be mentored by this man. <laughs> I recommend it. I've seen the fruit of his life for a long time. <laughs> and please just like try and get this video to go viral, family, before Sean closes out the show and prays for us. I just want to say just remember to rate and review and subscribe and share this show. There's a lot of hungry, desperate people out there that need the content. So if you know people that will put people on your heart, please do get it in front of them in this hour. We're rising together. This is not about one and two and a few of us, you know, out there fronted. This is about everybody rising together like Sean Michelle sharing you know our ceiling is the next generation's floor it's, it's the most beautiful thing that we can do is to get the lord's love for people and, and therefore transform into being true servant-hearted leaders so it's yeah it's the most exciting time to be alive isn't it, it really is so i'm going to say good, goodbye closing out the show and i'm going to hand over to sean to finish in praying for you and then just i encourage you stay with him we'll be back next monday thank you for joining us here's sean bowles I just pray over you that in this time, that's the most desperate time that we need to hear from God, that you would be one of the solution makers because you would access your father in heaven. And I pray that you would trust your own ability to hear him. And I pray that if there's any prophetic wounds where you believe something that didn't work or you believe something that didn't happen, I pray that God would heal your heart right now. Or if somebody abused you or manipulated you with the prophetic, I pray for healing over your life and your heart right now so that you wouldn't look at the gift with that person's image in your mind, but you look at it in the context of Jesus Christ, that Jesus wants to speak to you and he loves you. Don't let someone else defile the goodness of God in your life. I pray over you that you would believe in your ability and trust your ability to hear him. 
and that he's going to lead you in ways you would have never gone without him talking to you. But that's one of the glories of life is that he's going to lead you into a bigger sphere than you could have ever gotten into to shine from a lampstand you would have never had influence over. And I pray over you right now, any imputation that you need to receive it in Jesus' name over prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discernment, that God would increase you. If you already have it, that he'd multiply it after the show in Jesus' name. Wow. Amen. Amen. Stay with him, family. Thank you for joining us. We love you. See you next Monday.